Then we'll go to Jerusalem, Galilee, and finally Patmos, uh, which were the four major uh, biblical sites that we visited while we were away. We also went to Cyprus and Istanbul, uh, but um, Cyprus was kind of a bummer, and uh, Istanbul doesn't have any biblical sites in it. So. Uh, Cyprus does obviously occur in the book of Acts. It was one of the places that uh, Paul and Barnabas traveled to on their first missionary journey, but uh, we, uh, we didn't really see too many sites on Cyprus that were biblically oriented. We saw some Christian sites and some places where Christians got killed, but nothing from the Bible. So I've left Cyprus out. Maybe next time, some other time, we'll, we'll talk about that. But first, let's get started with prayer. God, our Father, we pray, Lord, <laughs> excuse me, that you would be with us and that as we study uh, your word and the locations where these events took place, that you would um, cause us to remember that as we read the Bible, we're talking about real events that occurred in the real world, but that occurred uh, under your supervision and often involved uh, your supernatural working in the world. So we pray, Lord, that we would be um, appropriately mystified and grateful for what you have done, and also that we would be uh, warned by what men have done since those events have happened. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's hit the first slide for Ephesus. Okay, we're going to read Acts 19 in its entirety. Can um, Can I, I'll tell you what, let's go through... We'll go like this, and then we'll weave around, and everybody will get to read a screen, because Acts 19 is rather long. Ty, can we start with you? Or actually, Bobby, you're the... uh, No, actually, now Jason is furthest forward, so we'll go like this, and then we'll weave through. All right, Jason, lead, lead the way. Thank you. 
58. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from uh, from uh, brought from his body to the sick, and then uh, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Okay. Next, uh, Kenny. Can you can you read that from there? Sujan? Then some of the officers of the Asia who were his friends sent to him, pleading that he would not venture, venture into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another. 
for the assembly was confused, and most of them did not know why they had come together. Okay. Uh, Chris? And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they found out that he was a Jew, all but one voice cried out for about two hours. Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Neek. And when the city clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians, the temple guardian, great goddess Diana, and of the image which fell down from Zeus. Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rationally. Okay. Um, Molly? For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring Ashley. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in the lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called in question for days uproar, there being no reason which we may give to account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Okay, Stephanie? Oh, wait. That's done. We're done. It's done. We're done. All right, so um, the city of Ephesus is actually just inland from the modern uh, Turkish city of Kusadasi. I know it says on the mountain, it looks like it says Kusadasi, but um, there's the S with a little accent under it, which makes it Sh, Kusadasi. Uh, I learned that the hard way from our tour guide. Anyway, so uh, this is where we docked, and then we went inland. Next slide. Okay, this is by the entrance uh, to the city. You've got, um, this is a portion of an ancient Roman bath. The city was filled with them. There was an aqueduct which brought water uh, in, which was then distributed via pipes. Let's go to the next slide. No, Kermit, that shouldn't be there so early. Well, actually, that's the Odeon, I'm sorry. The Odeon is a small theater which was used uh, for poetry readings, uh, and the Boule, which was the uh, town council, uh, would meet there. So readings um, and uh, and poetry reading uh, and things like that were uh, conducted there, not the big uh, stage performances and so on. And it was also where uh, the boule, which was, as I said, the town council would do their debating. That's the beginning of uh, over there, the, the street of the curates. It was called the street of the curates because the uh, priests, the curates, would uh, bring in uh, the image of Diana. Now you remember they, in Acts chapter 19, uh, they said the image had fallen from the sky in the temple of Artemis, which at the time was the largest temple uh, in the world. Uh, the, the central figure, all of the temples had obviously a central figure of the god or goddess. In this case, the central figure of the goddess was actually carved out of a meteorite. So uh, they had said it had fallen from Zeus, etc. So they would uh, process the image through the city. Uh, to bless the city, and then they would take it back to the Temple of Artemis. The Temple of Artemis itself was a long way away from here. Let's go to the next. Um, throughout the city, you will see later uh, instances of, uh, of the Christian presence here, starting in the 300s, really. So this is one of the uh, indicators of uh, the Christians in the city, uh, that, uh, that little cross there. So um, let's go to the next one. This is the gate of Heracles, 
The gate of Heracles is uh, one of the, the main gates into the city, and you continue on down uh, the street of the Curates. Now, one thing you should remember is that um, in these cities, on the left and right-hand side of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the street were columns. The columns supported what they called stoves which were coverings. Uh, these were very important because uh, in the summer, it gets incredibly hot and the sun really beats down on your head. So it's nice to have a covering over your head as you're walking down the marble street. Next. One of the things uh, about the ancient world is sandals did not have treads at this point. Um, so you could easily slip on the marble, especially when it was wet. So what they used to do is they would put treads on the marble itself. This is the, the street of the uh, Curates. Underneath this street uh, was actually a, a giant sewer, uh, bits and pieces of which you can pick up all over the place. And I may happen to have picked up a couple myself, but um, that's only theory. Moving on. Another thing that you will notice uh, is that it wasn't just Artemis uh, who was venerated within the city. There were lots of other uh, gods and goddesses who were recognized. This, interestingly enough, is Nike. Nike was the goddess of what? Does anybody know? The goddess of basketball. Very good. No, try again. The goddess of? Air? No? No? Victory! Thank you. Okay, so in her... There you go. So in her left hand, she has the laurel wreath, okay, uh, which was given to the victors in a, uh, in a game, obviously. And in the right hand, uh, she has a palm, uh, which is another symbol of victory uh, and ascension. Now, uh, she's always represented as going like this. And believe it or not, the, uh, the guys who founded Nike, or the fellow who founded Nike, the swoosh based on her. So victory, the idea you put the shoes on and you get victory in the game. And you have your Athena. So they're pagan sneakers. I bet you didn't know that. So take off your Nikes if you wear them and burn them tonight. Moving to the next. Just do it. This is looking up the Curides Street. You can see the, um, uh, the tread marks uh, over here where the stoa used to be. And as you went uh, through the city, you would uh, you see all these pedestals. Many of the pedestals had statues on them. Unfortunately, all the best statues were taken to either the, the Museum of Ephesus or the Museum in Istanbul, uh, so you can't see them. Um, so it's just the, the stands. Moving to the next. Uh, okay, this was us trying to get a picture, and uh, Chaplain Nick photobombing, because he has to be in every picture. So... Uh, Anyway, that, that's looking down the street of the Curates. At the end, can anybody tell me what the building at the very end is? Anybody? Can't really see it from there. Okay, we'll get a better picture. Let's go to the next. All right, we're getting closer. Anybody have any idea what the, the building on the left-hand side is? Anyone? Anyone? It's, what did you say? It's the Library of Celsus. Very good. Excellent. Okay. So let's go to the next one. All right, so that's a better view of the Library of Celsus. The Library of Celsus was the third largest library in the ancient world. Can anybody tell me what the first two were? Anybody? Anybody? Alexandria is one. No? No? I, I didn't get it either. I, I got number one, Alexandria, but... Jerusalem? Um, no. Isabel, you had an answer? Your hand flipped up for a second. I was hopeful. No? <laughs> 
I was all set to be proud. It's Pergamum, believe it or not. Alexandria, Pergamum, and then the third was uh, the Temple of Celsus. Or rather, not Temple of Celsus. Uh, the Library of Celsus. Now, this had about 20,000 scrolls in it, which was huge. Uh, but it was actually built um, to serve two functions, one to be a library, the second to be a tomb. Uh, the, um, the builder of it built it to be a tomb for his father, who had been proconsul and uh, the governor in Asia, uh, Celsus. And his tomb is still actually underneath a marble sarcophagi uh, where his remains still remain, believe it or not. So um, you... Uh, it served a, a dual function. It's a memorial tomb, which was actually called a Harun in the, um, the Roman world. Moving to the next one. Well, actually, back up one second. This is interesting, too. At least it was interesting to me. This is the, um, uh, the, the gate of... Oh, crud. Mithridates? And, oh, or, it, well, anyway, it's two slaves of Augustus who became freemen, who became tremendously wealthy, and they built this... Uh, this gate as a memorial to Augustus showing their uh, gratitude for his freeing them in about 40 AD during the reign of Tiberius. Moving to the next. This is the Temple of Hadrian, which shows the juxtaposition. You had all these gods and goddesses and so on, but also uh, in Ephesus, uh, there were several temples that were dedicated to Roman emperors. And once a year, of course, uh, the, the citizenry were expected to do what? Burn a pinch of incense to the emperor to take part in the emperor worship, the emperor cult. Uh, and if you failed to do that, you weren't a good citizen. And so this got many citizens of Ephesus in trouble, obviously. So that was the temple uh, dedicated to the emperor Hadrian, moving to the next. This is the place where that riot we read about took place, uh, the, uh, the major part of it. Uh, this, is the, uh, this is the stadium, the theater. In, not Sorry, it's not the stadium, it's the theater in Ephesus. The stadium still hasn't been... Um, Excavated, that's the word uh, for it. Uh, how many seats do you think are in that particular theater? 25,000. Exactly 25,000. Good job. Okay. 25,000 seats. Therefore, the population of Ephesus, the Roman engineers who made it, estimated it to be? 250,000. 250,000, because they always divided by 10 when they were creating uh, the theater. That crane is uh, to put in new blocks um, uh, to create seating because the theater is still in use. <laughs> Apparently, the acoustics are amazing. It used to be in Roman times. In Greek time, it was like this. In Roman times, the, uh, the wall uh, that the seats are facing actually went up much, much higher to create an even better acoustic uh, effect. They had used, uh, they'd done many concerts, including there was a concert by Sting, uh, in the 1990s, and they had um, speakers, but they found that the speakers were vibrating all of the, the blocks apart, so they took them out, and they found that the, the acoustics were just as good or better without them, so you don't need it. This street, and we'll get a better view of it, is actually the street that leads down to the harbor, moving to the next. That's a better view of the, uh, the, tem uh, the temple, the theater, and you can see the wall that the uh, sound waves were designed to uh, bounce off. Also, the wall contained the spaces for the, uh, the actors to get ready and all of the things uh, that they were going to use the performance to be produced from. It's essentially the backstage wall. Moving to the next. This is the street that went down to what used to be the harbor. Now, if you can imagine this, in Paul's time, at the end of that street was not, you know, ground and so on. You would see the sea looking down this street. What happened, unfortunately, is 
is the, uh, uh, the river that empties into the sea at this point silted up and there were uh, a number of catastrophic earthquakes. Uh, one that occurred uh, in the fourth century uh, that knocked a bunch of the town down and then a, a catastrophic one that occurred in the sixth century that along with the silting of the river finished it off. It wasn't helped also by the fact that the Goths invaded the city in 262 AD and they burned most of the, they sacked the town and burned most of the major buildings, including the Temple of Celsus and all 20,000 of the scrolls. So thank you, Goths. You sit, next time you see a Goth, say, I'm still mad about the, uh, the library of Celsus, okay? Moving to the next. Um, all right, this is, well, let me see if you can guess. What part of the city is this that we're moving to now? Well, we would call Main Street. Okay, well, it was kind of the Main Street. Passing through the market, which was called the Agora. Okay, this is the Agora or marketplace. This is where the riot that moved to the theater would have started. Okay, in this in this particular place. Again, you have uh, you have stoa lining the entire Agora. Would have had these stoa on the sides, uh, and in the center you would have stalls, covered stalls, like uh, in a mall. With the you know you have the stores on the side, and then in the center you often have through the uh, the center the the stalls and so on. And this was where all of the shopping. But it was also the place where debates were held. And you had traveling stand-up philosophers, essentially, who would stand under the stoa, and they would gather crowds of themselves, and they would, uh, they would teach their teachings, and people would give them money. It would also have been the place where Paul, when he wasn't teaching seminary at the School of Tyrannus, would have been evangelizing in the center of the city. So moving to the next slide. Get a better idea of what the, uh, imagine if you will, this is all covered by stone and the, the area beyond there is open. You see all this rubble over here is actually the remnants of the stone that have fallen down. On the left hand side, can you guess what they were? Shops, those were shops. So you would have had like uh, ancient navy and next to it uh, 21 AD forever and uh, so on, moving on. Okay, uh, this is another, this is one of the, the shops giving you an idea of what the, uh, you know, the size of it would have been. Um, not much browsing you can do in that, uh, in that space, but they would have had a, a counter and essentially they would have grabbed the, uh, the things and brought them forward. Moving, like, very much like uh, some of the, uh, the bizarre shops that we'll see uh, as you, when you get to Jerusalem. Um, going to the next. Now this is interesting. The, you see the hill with the, uh, the pine trees over here? Incidentally, those are the pines you get pine nuts from. Um, I can't remember what the name of them is, but they're the ones the pine nuts come from. Umbrella pines. Well, there you go. That was the original level of the dirt that covered all of this rubble. So they had to clear all of that away. Now you can see a bunch of capitals and so on. Those were the capitals that we went along the, uh, the side of the street, the stove that were all knocked down by successive earthquakes and then covered over by dirt. Moving to the next. This is interesting. Can you guess what those are? Who said tombs? Anybody? Tombstones. No, they're actually sarcophagi um, that were uh, uncovered uh, in any event. So that was an old Roman graveyard uh, over there. Moving to the next. All right. So that's Ephesus. Any questions about Ephesus? What's the difference yes. between... Wait. Charlie and then time. difference between a sarcophagus and a tomb? Uh, a tomb would be... 
the place that a sarcophagus was put in the ancient world. So for instance, the tomb of Celsus is a, a room underneath the library, and his sarcophagus, his marble sarcophagus that contained the body uh, is within it. Actually, the, the, interestingly enough, the sarcophagus of, uh, of Celsus had two parts to it. There was an inner lead uh, portion, and then a marble portion outside. The lead was designed to stop it from smelling. So then um, that's, that's the way they used to build. Ty had a question. Yes. Two questions. Ask your two questions. Uh, when you were going through, you were showing that they had different temples for different you know, gods and stuff like that. Were they each one considered like an individual place of worship, like where you have multiple churches? Yes, although they would have had different feast days. Uh, and activities uh, around them, but uh, they would have uh, they would have their own priests, their own curates. Uh, but the main temple for uh, Ephesus at the time of Paul was, of course, the Temple of Artemis, which you didn't get to see because it's on the other. It's 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 actually far away uh, on the other side of the of the street that you uh, go down to reach there. And um, um, unfortunately, there's a uh, a Crusader castle was essentially built on top of it. So most of the, the, the temple ruins were obliterated in the process. Anyway, any other questions? Okay. In the sixth century is where it became unfeasible, but it wasn't entirely abandoned. What happened was uh, another settlement was built on the other uh, on the other side, on the Artemis side. Okay, so they just that that portion of the city though. Uh, because it ceased to have any economic importance. What made it economically important was the easy access to the sea. It was a city of commerce. Corinth was a city of pleasure. Ephesus was a city of commerce. So it's like the difference between London and uh, Las Vegas, really. So, Jerusalem or Jerusalem. Uh, this is the the uh, the church that we worshipped in. On Sunday, it was an Anglican church. Uh, interestingly enough, on this side over here, they're almost all Dutch. It was a, uh, a Dutch congregation and choir that had come to uh, worship there. Uh, but the church was actually, it was packed out. Um, horribly embarrassing, though, and I'll share this with you as long as you, does everybody promise never to tell anybody? Okay, here we go. Uh, all right, so we're facing here. The service is actually occurring here. We're obscured. I can't see the priest uh, who is preaching, and I can't see the altar or anything like that. Um, it was a Holy Communion Sunday. So um, we're sitting here, and everybody starts going up uh, to, you know, uh, to take communion. And, um, you know, when the time comes, I, I begin filing out, and, and suddenly I realize, oh, no, they're kneeling, and it's in tinction. <laughs> like, these are the two things that I've written against. But I was already up there, and you know, I, I figured waving off would be incredibly uh, disrespectful. So, never tell anybody that happened. All right, you promise? Okay. Moving to the next. It was awful. All right. So, who's going to read that portion there? Where are we? Who's who? Uh, Ian, you haven't read. Can you read this?
Micah? And the and if anyone asks you, why are you losing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent went their way and found it just as he had, he had said to them. But as they were loosing the colt, the owners of the, the owners of it said to them, why are you losing the colt? And they said to them, the Lord has need of him. Tim. So speaking of the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, Jerusalem. okay. This road uh, is actually one of the alleyways um, in the old city of Jerusalem. Now you remember how there were stoa in Ephesus and you had the shops on the side? It's the same layout essentially as uh, within Ephesus. It's, an, it's a typical ancient city layout that has not changed much. Uh, this section of the city uh, dates back to before Ottoman times, uh, at least the Byzantine Empire. So uh, many of the shops there will have been there for over a thousand years, or at least, you know, the, obviously some of the shops have changed ownership in, in that time. And, and the uh, merchandise, where do you think most of the merchandise comes from? China. Yes, you're all correct. It's all Chinese junk. And who were they getting all their money from? Tourists. <laughs> all right, so moving on. Again, you have the kind of the stoa idea, shops there. Who's that in the foreground? Can you tell? Joy. That would be Joy. Yes, moving on. She appears Not quite a bit. Not buying anything. Not buying anything. And they were all like sprinting forward. And I'm like, ooh, pictures, shop, I want to buy that. And, you know, and I would turn around and they would be like 300 yards ahead, uh, <laughs> following after the tour guide. Okay, so this is on the way to um, St. Helena Road and the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, which is uh, supposedly the site where the tomb was. Now, this was the beginning, really, of, uh, no, Patmos is really the beginning of our, our disappointment with visiting the holy sites. What happened was, and I'll be talking about this in my, in my sermon on Sunday, um, they, you had the original holy site, the, tomb of, the garden tomb of Jesus, right? Okay, so it, uh, they build a covering over it, then they build a small church over it, then they build a basilica over it, and then they, and after a while, it has nothing, you know, you, you can't really even see the original places. Uh, and they are so whole, entirely obscured by all this religious reliquy that it, um, and it, it was the case that we would, we would leave feeling, frankly, disgusted at uh, what men had done to these, uh, these sites. Anyway, moving to the next. Okay, who's that? Joy. That's Joy. Here we are, waiting to enter into, that's the doorway to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Moving to the next. Okay, this covering, okay, which is actually an amalgamation of several hundred years of adding coverings and adding coverings and so on, 
is actually uh, built over what was supposedly the tomb of Jesus Christ. So moving to the next. That's another view of it. Over here, there was uh, an Eastern patriarch, Eastern Orthodox patriarch, who was delivering a message in Greek. I didn't understand a word. So, and I am absolutely sure that 90% of the tourists did not understand the word either. So moving to uh, one of the, the great things we need to remember is the importance of actually delivering the gospel in the vulgar, vulgar tongue. So, um, but moving on, this was possibly the most disturbing part of the entire uh, trip. The, uh, uh, the, piece, the piece of rock there, what do you think it's supposed to be? The slab there. It looks like a giant tile, but... Yeah. No, it was supposed to be the, the slab upon which Jesus' body was laid in the tomb. Okay? They've taken it off and they put it under... There was a cupola or a cupola with all of these lamps and ornamentation all over it. Uh, people are rubbing it. They're touching it. They're kissing it. They're rubbing handkerchiefs and uh, other things against it, weeping on it. Um, and so on. Uh, the idea being that you get a blessing uh, or you're cured or whatever from touching uh, this slab of stone and who knows whether or not it actually was the, the slab of stone upon which Jesus was laid but it was just I mean naked pagan superstition basically is, is what we were watching in the name of Christianity. Um, as we came out of the church I actually said you know, that kids is why we needed a reformation. You know, the uh, one thing that you never saw at any of these sites, none of them, was any vestige of gospel. Okay, it was all relics and pilgrimage and touch this and see that and mumbo jumbo, hocus pocus, moving to the next. Okay, beyond, you can hardly see it, beyond this window over here is actually Golgotha. Okay, the, the limestone uh, tomb there. Um, they had in, they've actually entombed Golgotha, believe it or not, the mount upon which Jesus was uh, crucified. So uh, within the church, move to the next. This was actually uh, the the side of Golgotha. Now, interestingly enough, the red here is because people have picked off pieces. Pilgrims have picked off pieces of limestone as they've come past, and what they did then was they put a uh, a cover. Uh, oh, that's why you've got the reflection over there. There's actually glass uh, covering it. But pieces of, uh, of the limestone had still fallen down underneath the window. Now, they were just there. <laughs> Nobody was using them. So, anyway, moving to the next. I was amazed. This is one of the uh, this is one of the stores in the old city. I really wanted to buy something, you know, just to to find out what the storekeepers, you know, roll tide. Anyway, moving on. Okay, so this is uh, this is the Wailing Wall, um, and over here, interestingly enough, um, on this side are the entrances to the tunnels that go down to the uh, um, the foundations of the Wailing Wall. Go to the next, if you would. There's Joy and Sarah in front of the Wailing Wall. Moving on. The women's section. The women's section of the Wailing Wall. That's one of the things also for all the archaeological sites. And I'll get to you in just a second, Isabel. For all the archaeological sites, for instance, this is the women's section. 
and this is the men's section. They all have different sections because the ultra-Orthodox will not, uh, it won't do anything with women in the same room. Yes? I'll explain that in just one second. Okay, all right. Any other questions up to this point, incidentally? Yes, Todd? Who joined the burial site of Christ? How many? How do they know? Tradition. Tradition. That's the business. Okay, most of the most of the sites were picked out by Theodosia. Uh, no, Helena, uh, Constantine's um, mother in the, uh, in the 300s. She said, this is where this happened, this is where that happened, and she picked out the sites from that point onwards. And they began building basilicas and, and, uh, and churches over them. But, uh, so she went to the Holy Land, did a tour, and assigned all of these, these locations. But they know this was part of the Temple Mount. That's, you know, things like that is, is very easy to tell. All right, so interestingly enough, the first 14 layers are the original Herod's Temple foundation stones. Above that are the early uh, Umayyad Caliphate stones added in about the 700s. And then at the top, that's Ottoman um, stuff that was uh, done later on. So it's really only the first 14 layers above ground that are part of the Temple Mount Western Wall, Wailing Wall, that were part of the original temple of Herod. But there are 57 layers, believe it or not, below ground. And that's where the tunnels go. They actually, they'll bring you next to it. And when you get to the very bottom, you have uh, slabs of stone that are absolutely immense. They were part of the Salmonic Temple. Okay, and they're the size of boxcars. The interesting thing is there's no, uh, there's no cement between them. Okay, it was just, they were so perfectly shaped, they come straight together. I desperately wanted to go and see the tunnels and get down to the bottom layer, but unfortunately, uh, they were all, uh, they were booked out till like five o'clock and the ship would have gone without us. I debated it, but Joyce said it was foolishness to <laughs> not go back. So anyway, um, moving to the, uh, to the next one. All right, so here you've got the Western Wall uh, and there you have uh, what's called the Dome of the Rock. The Dome of the Rock supposedly is, it's built over, it's a shrine, and it's built over the place where Muslims believe that uh, uh, Muhammad leapt, leapt off uh, on his night journey to heaven. Um, so where he saw Jesus and Jesus told him he was the greatest prophet and, and so on. It's, from a Christian perspective, it's all utterly blasphemous, but then again, you know that. Uh, and that's obviously that's the Western Wall still. Moving to the next. This is interesting. Uh, these are stones from which wall? Do you think? Jericho. No, this, we're still in Jerusalem. The wall behind it. Okay, this is it's still old, but it's Ottoman. Okay, it's the Ottoman wall. These stones, however, were from the wall in. Christ's time, okay, and before it, Solomon's uh, time, and, and so on. So these were excavations that uh, revealed the earliest uh, portions of the Jerusalem wall. There may have been stones that went walk away from here as well. Uh, yes, Isabel. <laughs> the Wailing Wall is where Jews go to pray. Um, they, they will actually, they'll, they'll, they'll pray in front of it, reciting Torah. One of the other things you will notice uh, in the Wailing Wall and, and any other Jewish holy site 
is little bits of paper stuck uh, in the wall. These are uh, requests made to God. It's interesting because uh, obviously within Judaism there's no idea of a mediator. So you go to a holy site and you pluck your, your prayer in, in the hopes that God will pay extra attention to it because it's in a holy place. So we saw them all over them. Uh, moving to the next. Another view of the, uh, the ancient uh, walls. Another? Okay. This uh, is the entrance to... Uh, you go up those stairs, and that's supposedly the room of the Last Supper. The room of the Last Supper, unfortunately, was having electrical problems, and so we weren't allowed to get in. So, But by an amazing coincidence... The top floor is the room of the Lord's Supper. And do you know what's on the bottom floor? The tomb of David. What a coincidence. Honestly, it's just, it's just amazing that that would happen. And it's all part of the same uh, church that goes back to Byzantine times. Moving to the next. So this is the entrance to the tomb of David. Um, the tomb of David used to be a church. Uh, the Israeli Antiquities Authority took over and they made it into a synagogue. Uh, so on this side, you have Jewish holy books, and guys literally, I didn't take pictures of them because I didn't want to get an them angry, uh, studying over here. The uh, ultra-Orthodox use this as a site of study and prayer and are really irritated by Christian tourists. Very, very upset. That's the men's side. Yeah, this is the men's side. Moving to the next. So these are guys who are praying in front of, that's the tomb of David, supposedly. And these are men who are praying uh, next to it. Not very happy, especially the guy immediately to our left that we were uh, there at the time. Moving to the next one. Uh, here we go. This is Nick. Uh, no, that's, that's not Nick. That's uh, Jewish fellow. Moving to the next. I didn't take the picture of the one where Nick was actually touching the, the tomb of David, which really upset the guy immediately to his left. So, moving. Uh, oh, this is uh, the Jaffa Gate. Uh, what do you think all those pock marks in the stone are? The what? What is it? No. Mm -mm. Bullet holes from the 1967 war with the Jordans, uh, the Jordanians. The Jordanians held uh, Jerusalem, okay, and the uh, the bullet holes were from when the Israelis uh, rushed this particular gate uh, and broke into the city. So. Um, Anyway, interesting little bit of modern history there. So, go to the next one. Okay, this, there's an ancient ruin, and then beyond it is the, uh, is which, which place do you think we are here? The Garden of Gethsemane, that's correct. So that's Gethsemane. Moving to the next. Yes, they were. Now this, uh, I don't know if you can see it in this one. There's one olive tree that's right up against the fence that um, they've estimated or guesstimated it's at least 900 years old, possibly older. So moving to the next. This is a uh, panoramic of the, uh, of the garden itself. So the olive trees um, and the largest one is, is way back there. Move to the next. Um, another picture of the, the garden. Oh, there it is. This, this it almost looks like a... A monstrosity over here is is the oldest uh, the oldest tree in the garden. Moving to the next. Now this is actually across the street. This is the Mount of Olives uh, over here, um, not specifically the Garden of Gethsemane, but just the uh, the 
Mount where the uh, and it's the the route that the uh, the soldiers would have taken to uh, arrest Jesus, passing through this uh, portion. Moving to the next. Okay, any questions about that? All right, let's go to Galilee. We're going north now towards the Sea of Galilee. All right. Uh, own. Uh, Anna? Caleb, can you take this up? Yeah. Okay. Uh, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Surely I say to you, I have, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Okay. Nate? What? Can you read it? And it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Who hasn't read yet? Oh, Stephanie. And Ryan. And David. Wow. <laughs> Are you over it? Just, are you over it now? Are you ready to read? Yeah. Okay. Go. <laughs> and Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. Ryan? And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then the disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us. 
we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful? Oh, you little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the wind of the sea and the sea. And there was a great calm. Though you. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey? When he had come to the other side, to the country of the Gergesians. The Gergesians. There met him two demon possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. Jason? And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, the Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now, a good way off from there was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away in the herd of swine. Next. Ian? Okay, what was his own city? Capernaum. Capernaum was considered the center of his ministry. So um, we're traveling into Galilee. These are the hills uh, moving into the Galilee region. Um, each of the mountains in the distance has its own name. I don't know them, unfortunately, moving to the next. Uh, interestingly enough, this is looking towards Mount Tabor. What do you think happened on the top of Mount Tabor? Anybody? It's where the transfiguration was occurred. Okay, moving to the next. This mountain's important as well. I can't remember what it's named. <laughs> Sorry. That's where the, that's, that's where they took the, you'll see, it, you'll see a synagogue later on where they took the stones from that. Right. To make that's it. Okay. <laughs> so the, uh, the synagogue in Capernaum, stones from it come from this particular Second mountain. Synagogue. Second synagogue made in the 500s. Moving to the next. Okay, we're in the city of Capernaum. That's correct. Um, Capernaum, uh, the, city, the buildings in it were made of basalt, this, this black stone uh, that was there. Lots of little pieces of basalt as well around the actual buildings. Hmm, moving on. <laughs> More buildings? More basalt? Yes. What did you call it? The, the tour guide was... I, she kept saying, I don't remember, she kept saying basilite. Basilite. And I was like, what is basilite? Is that anything, how is that, is that close to like basalt? And she's like, in my pronunciation, yes. <laughs> so we had an Israeli tour guide. Her name was Yale. What do you think that would be in English? Jail. So never go camping with this woman. <laughs> Next. All right. This is very interesting. These are, uh, and you'll see this in the synagogue in just a little while. These are the um, uh, architraves from the, or actually, no, sorry, that's above it. The, the friezes that were along the outside 
of the um, uh, of the the synagogue, the synagogue in Capernaum, uh, and each of the each of them has a picture of a fruit or some religious symbol. Uh, generally, all of them designed to indicate prosperity. Uh, moving to the next, uh, and so you've got pomegranates, you've got ertrog, you've got grapes, and so on. These were pillars from the, uh, or little friezes of pillars from the original. This is actually, this is the most interesting stone in the lineup, though. What do you think is on that? Shell? No. He can barely see it. It's a menorah, okay? The reason this one is interesting is this is actually from the first synagogue, not the second synagogue. The first synagogue that was created during Jesus' time. That's why it's basalt, and this one's all marble, okay? The reason it's really interesting is it's old enough that this is a menorah from the temple, okay, that was actually created by somebody who saw the menorah in Herod's temple, all right? So it has tremendous um, architecture, uh, architectural, archaeological significance, and it's just sitting out there eroding in the weather. Moving on. Um, here uh, we're entering into the synagogue. Now, this synagogue dates uh, from the 5th century, 5th, 6th century, uh, so Byzantine times, the Christians were already well, uh, or 400s, 500s, the um, uh, Christians were already well established within the city at the time, and so uh, the Jewish uh, uh, archaeologists believe that they, uh, the earlier temple, the one that Jesus preached in, temple, synagogue, the one that Jesus had preached in, had been knocked down at some time by a uh, an earthquake. They're incredibly common in this particular region. So the Jews built a much more grand marble synagogue above it to show uh, their wealth and importance to the Christians who were living in uh, the city of Capernaum by this time. Yeah, I think I do. I think I do. Move to the next. I think I do. Uh, this is the interior of uh, the synagogue. Okay. Next. Another one. The interior of the synagogue. Next. This is what the synagogue uh, would have looked like uh, originally. So she's holding up a picture. That's jail. Yes, that's jail. Move to the next. Another picture of the synagogue. I'm hoping I've got one that's got on the outside. Oh, interestingly enough, a coin written on the pillar indicating who had uh, paid to erect it. Uh, I can't remember what the name was. It would take me about 30 minutes to translate that again, so I'm going to move on. All right. Um, these are the oldest houses in Capernaum over here. Now, interestingly enough, one of the things that I thought was that when I read the biblical narrative about getting into the boat, getting off the boat, I thought there would be like, you know, miles of shoreline and the village was far back. Now, the village is right on top of the, of the Sea of Galilee. I mean, right on top of it. Moving to the next. Yeah, no, seriously. Another one, this is uh, another uh, room within the, uh, the synagogue. She couldn't tell us what it was. I was. She thought it was a women's section. I don't think it was. But there's uh, a section of floor that is recessed, and I was wondering about that as well. I asked too many questions. The tour guides, you know, were after a while. They were like, anyway, moving on. Okay, this is interesting. Whose house do you think that's supposed to be in the very center there? Not Jesus' house. We read about it. Peter's house in Capernaum, okay? The place where Jesus healed his mother-in-law. What happened was, you've got the original house in the center. 
And then they gradually built churches around it and more churches around it and so on, gilding the lily. And now there's a modern church actually on top of it, right on top of it. So this is at the very center. And I'll show you what it looked like from the inside. Moving to the next, that's another view of the original house there with the walls and so on. Moving on. All right, if you go into the church, I didn't want to take a picture of the inside of the church. Uh, first, because they said no pictures. And secondly, because uh, it was just one second commandment violation after another all around. That was one of the problems with taking any pictures in the churches. So, but this is looking down through uh, Perspex to um, the, this is the interior of the church that they believe was Peter's house. So, and Christians do the same thing as the Jews. That looks like trash. You know what they are? They're little wish notes that they've thrown in into the middle, hoping that God... Does nobody teach about the mediator between man and God? What was his name? Anybody? Jesus! Jesus. Okay? We don't need little pieces of paper thrown into somebody's house. (laughs) Moving on. Another... This is actually from the church, looking out over the ancient uh, city of Capernaum. Yes, you can. Uh, All right, you see in uh, in the center there the basalt at the bottom of the marble? That's the foundations of the original temple that Jesus would have preached there. Like That's yeah. actually the, the part of the temple that Jesus Right. Okay. Next. Not temple, synagogue. Okay. Who do you think that's supposed to be? Peter. It's Peter. It looked like Neptune, actually. <laughs> it's Peter. Moving to the next. And that's the Sea of Galilee. Um, it's amazing. You can see across the other side. You remember, he traveled out across the lake. And what was the other side called? It was called the land of the Gergesenes. The Decapolis was on that side. Ten cities, Greek cities. Uh, move to the next one. That's a panorama of the, uh, the Sea of Galilee. It was amazingly calm uh, at the time. There were a few boats out on it uh, as well. You, you can't see them in that picture. The what? You what? Oh, yes. And Joy actually touched the Sea of Galilee, so if you want the blessing, she'll shake your hand. But what is it, $10 to shake your hand with a blessing? Anyway, moving to the next. This is actually the Golan Heights. Uh, this is the, what used to be Syria. Uh, Israel took it in uh, the 1973 war. Uh, and it, uh, it's a commanding uh, presence. Uh, down on the, the valley on what used to be Gergasa or Gadara, uh, the, uh, there are kibbutzes. The Syrians had artillery up here, and for years they would just shell the kibbutzes <laughs> randomly. Yes? I had a random question. Random question. Chris brought up a good point. Did you fish in the Sea of Galilee? I believe fishing is restricted. I know there's only a few fishing boats because they commercially fish the Sea of Galilee and Inland Lake now. It would all be gone. Um, but they still have tilapia, Peter's fish, uh, in, the, um, uh, in the Sea of Galilee. They do fish, but it's very limited. And everything is against the law in Israel. Joy can, can tell you. I almost got arrested because there was a poppy growing. And I, I was like, and she's like, oh, pretty poppy. And I go over to pick it. And she says, don't do that. That's somebody's garden. So I look around. There's another poppy growing in, literally out of, the, of a crack in the street. So I go and I pluck it, and a guy comes out of one of the houses in the kibbutz behind me. It's like, that's a 10,000 shekel fine, you know, for picking a wild puppy. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> so 
I mean, literally everything in Israel is against the law. So. But he didn't turn me in. So I took the poppy, Joy put it in water, and then when we drove to the hotel, uh, where, or actually it was the resort complex where we were gonna eat lunch, I replanted it. So if there are any members of the Israeli Tourism Authority listening right now, I did replant the poppy and it still had its roots. So any other, yes? The, the, uh, the big seller, and you'll see it uh, at the Jordan River, was Jordan River water. Oh, my word. Oh, you know, so you're, holy water, holy water. Yeah, no, they did. They had, they had uh, anointing oils and so on. Yeah, there was religious. The place was full of religious knickknacks. One of the most offensive things was, though, most of the religious knickknacks were, I mean, many of them were created like the oils were all authentic holy land oils and things like that. But most of the knickknacks themselves... China. So Christian slaves and gulags making these. So the Christians come and they, you know, it's, it's absurd. Moving on. So this is, uh, again, another. All right. Uh, it's much the same. Sea of Galilee uh, from the heights of Goan. Next. Again, Sea of Galilee. Next. And, sea of, and that's the uh, place where the, um, that's actually from the resort. This is looking now from across. That's, that's Gergasa on the other side, or Gadara. And on his, this side is, uh, is the Caper- this is the Capernaum side. The Capernaum is way up here on the lake uh, at this point in time. So we're looking at the, the Golan Heights. You can understand why the Jews don't want to give it back to Syria. I mean, it, it commands half the country. Moving to the next. This is interesting. This was a pillbox from Golan Heights, uh, constructed by the Israelis. They still have fortifications over there. You can't hike the Golan Heights in several areas. You know why? Mines, landmines all over the place. Moving to the next. All right. What river do you think that is? Right. These are blessed ducks. So if you, uh, if you touch them, you get 10,000 years off in purgatory. Anyway, moving to the... Uh, no, obviously not. All right, there we are at the, uh, uh, at the Jordan River. Okay, this is Joy. Joy actually went in and baptized her feet in the, uh, in the Jordan River. Moving. I did as well. So, uh, there you go. Isabel's like, ew, those are your dogs. Ugh. All right, this is the oldest uh, tree on, the, on that particular site. It's about 300 years old. Moving to the next. And that's a view looking down the uh, Jordan River. It's actually amazingly murky. Um, but you can see fish going through the river. So this is not the site where Jesus was baptized. Uh, the site where Jesus was baptized is, uh, was closed off to tourists. Um, and uh, they created this as a secondary site. But everybody thinks it's where Jesus was baptized. Jamie. What's all the fencing for? Oh, those are... Uh, uh, there, there are areas where you, uh, you get in to be baptized. The fencing is don't go past this. It's too deep, dummy. You're going to drown. Yeah. Okay? It's so. Right. So there were people being baptized when we were there as well. Moving to the next. How were they baptized? Was it by immersion? Oh, yeah. Everybody's baptized by immersion in the, uh, in the Jordan. 
Even even the pedo, you know, uh, Baptists are baptized by immersion in the Jordan. It's weird. Anyway, um, so I don't know. Moving on. <laughs> Multiple. I mean, it's like recircumcision. <laughs> Went to Israel and got circumcised again. Um, it's a tremendously painful experience. Moving to the uh, to the next slide, then. It's just you can't get away from it. Is this olive tree was planted by? All right, Patmos, last stop, and then I promise we'll be done. What happened on the Isle of Patmos? Who can tell me? Revelation was written by John. This was the most disappointing stop of the entire journey for me. They have a uh, great bakery on Patmos, but all of the sites you would want to see are completely obscured. So, uh, uh, anyway, Joy, read. John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. Song. Who would like to read? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, Bobby. I'm just going to read off the screen for us today. Okay, that's fine. In the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the son of man clothed in a garment, down to his feet and girdled uh, about the chest with a golden band, his head and his hair were white like wool, uh, white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like the fine brass as if refined in the furnace, and his voice as of the sound of many waters. Okay. Charlie? He had in his right hand the seven stars out of his mouth, with a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be Derek? And he who lives and was dead, and told, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. Okay. And Nick? The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven gold lampstands, the seven stars and the angels of Okay. This is the uh, Isle of Patmos viewed uh, from a distance as the uh, the ship was approaching it. It's not the uh, it's not the occupied side. The occupied side's uh, as you go around the corner, moving to the other side. The next one. Okay. There you go. Uh, this is the um, up there is the monastery. It's a fortress. It had to be built that way because the island of Patmos was constantly being raided and sacked. Uh, last time it was uh, sacked was in the 1600s by the Venetians. Um, they sacked the, uh, they took the monastery and they sacked that as well. 
uh, and stole uh, all of their silver and their gold and a bunch of the relics as well. They felt that that was okay because they were Roman Catholic and the monastery was Eastern Orthodox, so they uh, felt they were Catholic, uh, heretics. The, uh, the, most of the buildings are up on the, uh, uh, up on the, the hill. Population is about 3,000. Um, the ones closer to the sea are actually modern vacation houses that go for what, about a million uh, a pop? Yeah, so if you want to live on an ancient uh, island of biblical significance, you need to have a million dollars or so. Um, moving to the next. It really was. I've got some pictures to show that. All right, so here's the great disappointment. You wait in line for ages, and then you go into essentially the church, built over the church, built over the, the cave. Uh, you can't take pictures inside. It's utterly black, and it's covered in Eastern Orthodox religious ornamentation. So uh, if it was John's cave, it's hard to see cave. It really is. There's, uh, there's just... Superstitious mumbo jumbo all over the place. Um, so it's a it's a whole gilding the lily process that was just really irritating. Moving to the next. All right, this is um, this is a picture of the harbor. You can see the uh, the houses going around and so on. Uh, there's another church complex up on this mountain over here. Uh, moving to the next. That's a panoramic idea of the entire harbor area. You can see all the Greek islands. This is the, these are the islands of the Dodecanese. Uh, moving to the next. Okay, that's me, that's Joy, that's the harbor. And there's wind, this is the reason it's interesting, <laughs> apart from, of course, having Joy in the picture. Uh, you have the three windmills uh, at the top there that were originally grinding grain for the monastery. Because the monks fed the water. With bread that they... Uh, I don't have of the kneading trough. So. Which we touched. 900, we touched them. <laughs> you weren't supposed to. Move to the next. Another picture of the harbor. Really was beautiful. Amazing, amazing views. Next. The interior of the church within the monastery. It's all gilt and, uh, and, and so on. Moving to the next. This was the, the relic. They have a, uh, the museum is filled with relics. <laughs> that weren't stolen by the Venetians. Uh, what do you think that is? It's a Bible. It's actually a portion of a Bible. It's the Gospel according to Mark written on what is that material? Do you know? Vellum, which is actually animal skin. Right. So um, that's the Gospel according to Mark in, uh, in Greek. Dates to around 400. So it's an incredibly old manuscript of the Bible. And we weren't supposed to take pictures of it. This was a miracle. My camera was in the area and it just showed up. <laughs> Moving on. Another picture showing the, uh, this is from the monastery. Interestingly enough, this is the Norwegian Jade, the cruise liner that was taking us from place to place. Is that a city down there? Yes. Uh, the main city is, uh, it's not Salinas. Starts with an S. Oh, come on. The main city that you get up on Scars. It's not Scars. That's the planet that Davos was on. Uh, Scala. Scala is the, uh, is the city uh, down there. That's the port, the port city that you go up to. There's actually an Acropolis somewhere, but we didn't have time to find it. Moving to the next. I think that's it, right? Is that the last one? Yeah. 
Okay, so we got back on the boat, and that's the end. These are all the biblical sites that we saw. We saw a lot of non-biblical sites, as I said, and I didn't decide to kill you by showing you absolutely everything, but those are the Bible sites. So questions? Yes, hi. Um, they're going to be on my Facebook page. Uh, I will eventually have about 500 pictures from uh, our trip. So Joy is only in about 88 of them, though, so that's uh, good news for you. Um, yes, Alan. May I make a comment? Yeah, sure. Everybody saw how calm the Sea of Galilee was. Hmm. The, uh, one time I went to Israel, and then uh, our tour group was at a boat. And the guy who owned the boat was sitting at the rear of course, I never turned the engine off, he just kept idling. And the whole time that we were there, uh, I mean, in the boat, he just kept looking around. And then the uh, our tour guide was standing in the front and just giving us a lecture. And all of a sudden, the, the guy who owned the boat just started it, just, you know, revved up the engine and just turned so suddenly that it knocked the tour guide off balance. And then he talked to the owner of the boat, and then the tour guide said, uh, that he, he senses there's a storm coming. And I, I thought, yeah, he probably just wants to go get home early. But by the time we got to shore, mm -hmm. and we'd been on shore maybe five minutes, it was, it was I mean, the, the storm just came very suddenly. Mm -hmm. But like I said, uh, he got us to shore, we were on the shore maybe five or six minutes, and then it was just a real storm on the sea. Yeah, the, um, uh, the, uh, the, the, all the mountains um, yes. channel, channel the wind and it, it really um, when a storm kicks up it's it's well we know from the gospels that it's a, a hellacious experience yeah any other questions questions you say what okay well thank you and the water really is that color. oh it's it's the bluest blue in the Aegean it really it is it's uh so it was a great experience all right